0: Well, hello, Shades Valley Community Church, and welcome to another episode of Midweek Musings. Today, uh, I wanted to talk about a question I actually get asked uh, a lot, and that is, which version of scripture, which translation of scripture should I use? Should I buy? Should I read? Should I get for my kid? Those kinds of things. And it can be daunting to try and choose because there are so many various translations. And in one way, that's a blessing, an amazing blessing. Uh, The fact that the first 1,500 years' worth of Christians could not own the Scriptures, their own personal copy of the Scriptures, much less one in their own language. It wasn't until the advent of the printing press, really, that Christians had access to the Bible. So the fact that we have access to the Scriptures in our own language is an amazing blessing. But still, it can be overwhelming. Which one do I... Do I choose? So what I wanted to do is just kind of explain to you the difference in translations and give you kind of a grid through which you can see them uh, that will hopefully help you uh, choose which version of scripture you'd like to use. So when you're dealing with translations for the Bible, they run on a scale all the way from what would be called formal translations on this side to dynamic translations over here. And there's all sorts in between. So formal, the more formal a translation, what that means is that from the original Hebrew, which the overwhelming majority of the Old Testament was written in little bitty parts in Aramaic, but from the original Hebrew of the Old Testament and the Greek of the New Testament, uh, the translators have worked very hard to be as literal as possible. It's a very formal translation. They've tried to stick as close to the original wording as they possibly could and, and translate the text that way. A dynamic translation uh, doesn't necessarily aim for the word for word. It's more going thought for thought. Their aim is to get across the sense of what the translation is saying. So if I was going to give you an example of an extremely formal Word-for-word, very literal translation, the most literal English translation that I can think of is the New American Standard Bible. Some of you may be shocked that I didn't say King James Version. It is definitely on this end of the spectrum, as well as the New King James Version. But the most literal, if you're like, I want to get as close to the original language as I possibly can, the New American Standard Bible gets the closest. Now, if I was going to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, so dynamic translations, I might choose something like the NLT, the New Living Translation. This one's really trying to go, what would the scriptures have sounded like to the original hearers? They're still trying to be accurate and faithful to the original text, but their aim is more to to give it to you thought for thought uh, in very understandable English, so the New Living Translation. So those are examples of what would be on either end of the spectrum. So what about the middle? Well, right at the middle is the translation that I think is the most popular one in English, and probably every—if you've owned a Bible, you've probably owned one of these—and um, that's the NIV. I got this little pocket one here, but the uh, New International Version. It is a—it's uh, a good translation, and it's aiming for the best of both worlds. It's trying to uh, be faithful to the original, yet it's also trying to be very readable. So it kind of holds a middle ground. One other that I would put in the middle is the English standard version, the ESV, which has gained a lot of popularity uh, in recent years. And this is actually the version that I teach and preach out of. So if you go to shades and you want to use the same version that I'm using, it's the English standard version, the ESV. And like I said, it belongs in the middle, but it leans a little bit more towards the formal end of the spectrum. Uh, so it's uh, it's still trying to kind of be best of both worlds, be readable, but also be very faithful to the original text. And that's the one that I teach and preach out of because oftentimes when we're developing our theology or trying to apply the scriptures to our lives or, or think through the scriptures and what they mean, we need the very words of scripture. Uh, one of the, the dangers of getting too far down on the dynamic spectrum is that you can begin to base your thoughts about God and your thoughts about the Christian life—all uh, of these things on stuff that's not even actually in the text. So, if you're gonna do Bible study, if you're studying to teach, or you're preparing or, or, or to, to teach or something like that, I would highly recommend you study out of a more formal translation, especially if you don't, if you haven't learned Greek and Hebrew. Um, the more formal translation is going to be much better, for kind of those building blocks. Uh, now, some people, when they're just reading, like to use a more dynamic translation. And, you know, if there's something they're not sure about, they'll kind of check it in a formal translation. But uh, I use the, the ESV in uh, in Teaching of Shades because it's a little bit more in the, the middle ground. So you've got very formal, which is definitely used for study. You've got the more dynamic, which it, it has its place. I'm not saying don't use that. Like if you're using a new living translation, I'm not saying, like, that's a bad thing. I'm saying be a little bit more careful when you're doing in-depth study. Uh, but those can be a little bit more for kind of like general reading. Um, And then there's one more type, and well, there's the ones in the middle, and then there's one more type uh, that's become more popular that I definitely want to mention, and that is a paraphrase, and the most popular example of that would be uh, the message, which a lot of people love and use. Now, the message is a paraphrase, not a translation. Now, what's the difference? Why am I saying that, didn't Eugene Peterson, who is a great pastor, by the way, He used to pastor, um, but uh, didn't he translate from the Greek? and Hebrew? Well, he worked from the original text, but one of the main differences between a paraphrase and a translation is a translation at the end of the day still feels very much bound by the words of the text. Even if it's trying to be more thought for thought, it's not going to venture too far outside of the the original text. Um, Whereas the message really aims to amplify, it, it uses the text almost as a jumping-off point, and then uh, Peterson really tries to almost give an explanation of what the text is saying. And so anytime you come to a really controversial place in Scripture, especially that's where it's easiest to see, you can really see his own biases come out and things of that nature. And so it's, it's, not, uh, it, it, it's more like you're getting somebody's version of Scripture rather than a translation of scripture. Another difference between most paraphrases and translations is translations are worked on by a team, very large team of scholars. And they argue and they debate and they go back and forth. And this is all in an effort to make the translation as faithful to the original as possible, not let any one person or one denomination's biases come out. And you don't get that same kind of protection when you've got a single author working on a uh, a paraphrase. So I know that some people love things like the message or other paraphrases, and I'm not telling you don't ever read it. I'm not saying that at all. I have found benefit in looking to the message as well, but I don't treat it the same, and I would encourage you not to treat it like it is your Bible, like it is the Word of God. It's almost more Eugene Peterson's commentary on it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think it has a place and it can be useful, but I would just encourage you not to substitute it for, uh, the scriptures. So one last thing, I forgot to bring one over here. Let me run and grab it. One last thing I want to show you that I absolutely love. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. Can't believe I forgot to bring this. Um, this is one volume in my reader's Bible. Uh, a reader's Bible. Uh, I think there's six volumes uh, in mine. This is the ESV reader's Bible. You can get different versions, but the big difference, is I don't know if you notice, but there's no chapter numbers. There's no verse numbers. It's just the text. And what's really, so it's like reading a book. And what's really cool is it's as close as you can get in English to encountering the text the way it was originally written. And I'm telling you from my own experience of reading through this thing, it makes a difference in how you read. When you don't have the chapter breaks, when you don't have the verse numbers, you can just get lost in the text, in the story or the narrative or in the poetry. And it really changes the dynamic of the reading experience. Obviously it's not as easy when you're with a group and you need to get everybody to the same place, so that's why I don't preach or teach out of it. Or if you're trying to do study and reference various places, it's it's not as easy there. Uh, But just to read through, I highly recommend Reader's Bibles. They're an incredible uh, reading experience. Very, very different. Anyway, okay. So that's it for Bible translations. I hope that was helpful and at least gives you a grid of how to know what you're looking at, what to choose. If I was choosing a Bible for a child, I would personally either get an NIV or an ESV. My kids have ESVs. Obviously, that's only once they're old enough to read. Um, But yeah, and we just work through the text together. Anyway, so yeah, so that's it. Um, Hope it's helpful. And thanks for joining us and we will do this again next week.